Welcome to Flip the Switch on Life podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Marie. I'm an embodiment life coach here to help you live an empowered and soulful life. I guide women towards self-healing to take back their power so that they can start living life by their own rules and embrace their true authenticity. This podcast is your go-to where I will be giving you all the tools and resources to start the process of self-healing, doing the deep inner work, and developing your spiritual wellness. There is so much power in embodying your true self, but we often allow fear and comfortability control our lives, keep us playing small, and settling for less than we deserve. By learning to rewire your subconscious, you will discover your truest and your highest self. You will learn how to take back control and flip the switch on your life. So thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome back to another episode, and today I have a very special friend with me, Miss Lisa, and she is the founder of I Date Money. She is a wealth activator, profit-first professional, and independent insurance broker who has been in the finance and insurance industry since 1987, and she's gone from self-sabotage to sovereignty. She's rewrote her money story, paid off $100,000 in debt in just six months by implementing her unconventional money multiplier system, which is the very strategy that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, move to her dream home, at the beach as a millionaire. She now is on a mission to help 1 million women become millionaires without sacrificing their self-sovereignty by falling head over heels in love with money. Wow. Uh, This episode was so amazing. We dove into so many topics on what her perspective is on debt and how debt can actually be healthy. We talked about her biggest issues she sees with entrepreneurs and people who want to start their own business and what their issue is with money. And she talks about three tips to grow your income as someone who is just starting out in their business or wanting to take their side hustle to full time. Uh, This conversation was absolutely amazing. I took massive tips. So stay tuned if you want to heal your relationship with money and actually learn to multiply your income. Let's get in. Hello and welcome back to another week, another episode, and I'm so excited to share all things around money. Money, honey, let's date our money. (laughs) I'm so excited to have Lisa with us. Hi, Lisa. How are you today? Hey, Jessica. Thank you so much. I'm doing fantastic. Mm, I'm so excited to have you on because I was just on your podcast and we talked all things money and purpose. And I was like, we need to have the expert on my podcast too, because I think a lot of people struggle with money wounds and money stories and also the practicality of managing our money, especially when we're like striving to be, you know, financially independent and have our businesses also be financially stable. And yeah, I just feel like your expertise is so needed here. So welcome to the show. Very excited to have you. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to talk about, it. you know, I love money. So I date money, you know, we, we have to really get dive into that relationship with money. And, and there's just so many facets to it. And everyone is unique. And we all have our own money story. Yeah. And so Lisa, I'd love to just 
start with that. Like, what is your money story? And, you know, how did you get to where you are today, which is helping other entrepreneurs be very successful with their money? Yeah, I love to share that. So Money and I are best friends. We've been paling around since I was a little girl. Uh, when I was around six or seven, I had an imaginary friend and it was money. One of the things I grew up with, my I come from a family of entrepreneurs and my mom was always saying, we have to borrow from Peter to pay Paul. Money goes where money is and money doesn't grow on trees. And we had this feast or famine in our house. So Fridays, you know, she'd come home, she was a cosmetologist and she'd have all this money and tips. And we would, you know, have like really fine meals and do lots of fun things. And by Sunday, it's like, oh, we're broke. We don't have any money. It's like, what? She's like, well, money only goes where money is. And I like raised my hand. I want to be where money is. So I started hanging out with money and like thinking about, well, this is my imaginary friend. Where, what are some of the places that we can go to? What can we do? And I would fantasize about, you know, going on these beautiful trips on yachts and things like that. And my grandma, they, my mom's mom was also entrepreneurial. My grandfather was a cobbler and she would talk about how many customers came in the shop that day and how they gave, um, you know, my grandfather extra money. And she'd say like, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it. So every time you get any money, I want you to save 10% and I want you to give away 10%. And she made me this little piggy bank that had three slots in it. And mm. I said, what do I do with the rest of it? She's whatever you want. I go, whatever mm. I want. So I had this sense of, you know, we didn't have a lot of, you know, we didn't get a lot of money. We didn't get an allowance or anything, but I had the sense of, okay, as long as I give away 10% and save 10%, I can do whatever I want with my money. And so I would blow all my money. <laughs> I, would just, I would just get whatever I wanted. And I remember I wanted a bicycle. So we saved for a bicycle and, you know, bikes back in the seventies were really expensive for a kid that has no money. So our neighbor was selling their bike at a garage sale and it was super cheap and I had enough money to buy it. And I was just like, oh, it was $10. And I got a bike for $10, which was unheard of back then. So that was kind of how it started. And um, my first co-op job, I worked for an insurance company and I used to call, open up the yellow, the, the white pages of the phone book. We used to have phone books back then. <laughs> I start with A. I used to have phone <laughs> books, okay? I remember them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people used to make like paper Christmas trees out of them. But um, my job was to call, to go through and call and just say, hi, I'm Lisa from State Farm Insurance. Would you like to save $200 on your car insurance? And literally, I went from A to Z in the phone book um, wow. three hours a day and learned the insurance business. And then from there, I became a bankruptcy paralegal, a real estate paralegal. And then I started my career at Social Security Administration, helping people with their benefits. And so I've been in finance and insurance since 1987 and absolutely love all things money. I, I love just taking the money and looking at it and personifying and saying, okay, if money was a person, what does my relationship with money look like? Mm. Sometimes we got mad at each other. Like I, money ghosted me. I became a single mom at 18 and I was working full-time plus a part-time job and wow. I didn't have enough money. I was like, wait a minute, where, where, why am I being abandoned? Where's my money? Mm -hmm. So I got myself into some credit card debt. And from there, um, you know, I went bankrupt, which was very embarrassing at 22 years old, especially because my job was a bankruptcy paralegal and I created budgets. Whoa, what a paradox <laughs> there. Yeah. And I remember standing in front of the judge and the judge was like, 
you're so young. Why are you here? Mm. I said, well, I had some unfortunate events happen. I had somebody forged my name on a loan and wow. I was responsible for paying it back. And I created my own credit card debt and I, I couldn't see a way out. I just, wow. I wanted instant relief from this yeah. you know, $32,000 of debt at 22 years old, single mom. That wasn't even yours. Yeah. And the judge wow. said to me, well, some of it was mine. Some of it I racked up on credit cards, but the majority of it was not mine. And the judge said, I want you to go learn all you can about finances wow. and make a promise not to ever be in this position again. He was wow. because this could be a cycle. And I said, okay. So shortly, I mean, I went to the library. I got all books out about finances. I started following Susie Orsman and um, really got into what she was teaching about money. And from there, you know, like escalated, I added Dave Ramsey and I read, you know, all the different money books I could possibly get my hands on about what do you need to do to become wealthy mm. and learned that it, a lot of it has to do with our mindset. Our thoughts are the most powerful tool that we have and systems like, so I became a certified financial coach as one of my side gigs back in the um, late nineties. And I was like, okay, I'm going to help people with their finances. And I did, and it was great, but it was boring because you had to set up budgets for them and you had to tell them to cut, cut back their expenses in order to make the, you know, yes. you know, every dollar has to have a job and you have too many expenses for your dollar. So either go to work, <laughs> get another job or yeah. your expenses and they couldn't do it. And mm. it was, well, no, I don't, I don't, I don't have time to go to another work. I, have all these things going on. Yeah. So I used to have to cut people's expenses and it was like, okay, you're not going to Starbucks again. You know, mm -hmm. you're not, you don't and get that's like, And I feel like that's also like really unrealistic. And I'd love to hear your perspective because I've worked with a money coach before and I've actually worked with two, two. One was a financial advisor and um, I was in a, like, I was just trying to cut my expenses from moving from LA to Dallas. And he's like, well, you need to look at all your subscriptions. Like if you're in that bad, like that bad of a place, like you need to even cut that nine, nine, $9.99 Netflix bill and just isolate. And I was like, what? Like I have to do that. And then this other coach I worked with, she was saying, she's like, I don't want to restrict you because then that's going to like cause a binge. And that's kind of same concept of like anything. Right. So yeah. What, what is your, like, how did that kind of unfold for you? And I am really curious, Lisa, too, before we get into that, how was it with you when you, you know, were in court and, you know, the judge was saying like, go learn everything about money. Did you have to cut your expenses like hard before, like during that time? Or did you kind of get creative and that led you into this financial coaching? Like, what did that look like for you? Great question. Yeah. After the judge told me that and I would, cause I was already embarrassed to be there and I was like, okay, what can I do differently? So I've always had a full-time job and a side gig. I added a couple more mm. side gigs. So I didn't really cut expenses, but I made better, better choices. Mm. So I started thinking about, okay, what's the purpose of my dollars? Like if, if I save 10% and give away 10%, do I really want to blow 80%? Do I have a future? Mm. Like, let me make a plan. Mm. So back in the day we used money envelopes and I had all these little envelopes and I would earmark what the envelopes were for. So if I wanted to take my son to, you know, um, an amusement park, or if I wanted to, you know, if he wanted uh, to go to a special event, like, you know, you know, whatever, I would have a special envelope for that. And I would just save for it. I'd find out how much it cost. 
and creating these money buckets, these goals um, helped me to manage the money. And I didn't like to call it a budget because to me that was too restrictive and I wasn't cutting anything. So if I couldn't increase my money, I would be looking at my expenses and say, well, how can I spend my money better? Like mm. groceries was always a waste. Like how much money do we throw away in food? Yeah. And, you know, so like looking at those things really helped me to stay on it. But when I realized I hated the word budget, it was because it was so restrictive. Budget and allowance does, didn't cut it for me. So my mind and what I grew up with, with this, I call it my generational curse, is that they lived from spiral from Peter to pay Paul. And they didn't have a system in place. They got money. They were like rich on Friday, but poor on Sunday. So all of the money they got was not being accounted for. They were ignoring money. And I thought, well, if I had a relationship with money, what would we, what would we do? We would sit down and we would say, okay, I want a job. Like, what can I do for you today? And mm -hmm. money would say, okay, well, you know, $500 is going to go here towards a house or towards a car or whatever. And by having a, every dollar accounted for, I was able to create a money multiplier system. So as I was choosing to invest and grow my money, I was still taking care of my needs and my wants and more money was coming. Like I would go to the store and get 25% discount off of, you know, some clothing. I had no idea a sale was going on. So I would celebrate that. And I literally started doing a dance in the middle of the store and people were like, why are you so excited? I'm like 25% off. I just saved 25%. And yeah. it got to the game. Like we would, we would clip coupons back then. And, you know, we're like, how many, how much can you, like, what's the cheapest you can get this item for that you needed anyways? Cause you know, it was part of your grocery bill. So being really creative that way. And when I started sharing that with my clients, they were like, yeah, I don't want a budget. I don't want to be told I can't go to Starbucks or my husband yeah. can't go to the movies and, but you know, then not feeling guilty afterwards. Yeah. So creating the money envelopes, you know, like literally I'm like, here's your envelopes. What do you want to do next month? Like, you know, so at the end of the month, we would project for the following month. This is what we're going to do. This is exactly how we're spending our money. And then they were able to enjoy dinner and, you know, they got creative with babysitting and exchange babysitting with their neighbors. So mm. they have to, you know, they could save money that way. And um, it just really made sense. And they started getting happy about meeting with me instead of saying, oh, she's going to tell us to cut back or she's going to yell at us for going to the movies and spending $20 <laughs> candy. I've never yelled at anybody, but that fear of I'm not doing it right with my money. And it, it doesn't have to be so restrictive. So um, I don't like to say I'm a financial coach. I like to say I'm a wealth activator because mm, I'm activating the wealth codes in you so that you can make different choices that get you to where you want to go with your finances. Mm, I love so much of what you shared because I think a lot of entrepreneurs and um, aspiring to be entrepreneurs, like our biggest thing is money, like especially leaving a steady paycheck to follow this big dream in our heart. And it's like, cool, I have this vision, but like, what do I do with it? You know, and I think it's really challenging, especially when you're looking at your money and you're like, I don't want to feel like I'm budgeting and taking away because yeah, who, who wants to be told you can never go to Starbucks this month? Like the hell, like I have to cut my $10, uh, uh, bill from Netflix this month. Like, you know, and it's like, I think that it feels more realistic when you have somebody that's saying like, no, just like spend and invest and save in this particular way. So I'd love, um, I also really want to hear, um, what do you feel like is the biggest issue that entrepreneurs face, 
um, with their money? Do you think it's a practical issue or do you think it's like a mindset energetic issue? Is it both? It's definitely both as a combination. The, the Every entrepreneur that I know, <laughs> I've known quite a few, they have, they don't, they don't cut themselves a paycheck. You know, they do not, they take all of the income that they receive and put it right back into their business. Yeah. So I work with six figure coaches who have $0. They don't have a, a, a mm. set. And I'm like, well, where's all your money? And they're, they're investing in multiple coaches. They expand too quickly. They have these team members that they're paying mm. and they, they don't even have a profit. So we, when they come to me, they're like, I don't even see how this is going to work. And mm. Um, I was like, okay, so my one client, Anne, she was, you know, hustling with her team. She was making 40K a month in her business as a coach. Wow. And she had nothing to share for it. She was working hours upon hours. Wow. And, you know, one of the reasons why she got into coaching was to spend more time with her kids. She had promised them that when she, you know, earned enough money in her business, she would take them to Disney on a five-day trip and they would do like the Disney, the Disney uh, boat cruise and all of that. So here she is five years in business. She hasn't been able to do anything. She was wow. in tears and she's like, I need help. I, I don't even know. She was, there's something about you. I trust you. I, I'm just going to tell you whatever you need to know and you're going to help me. I said, okay, let's do it. So within 30 days, we set up, we implemented the money multiplier system in her business. She started cutting um, herself owner's compensation, paying herself first, mm. paying up profit, taking care of her taxes, and then paying down her debt. Because unfortunately, she had worked with somebody who incurred $50,000 worth of tax debt. And she's like, I, I can't even do anything. And literally, she was taking all of her profit and putting it towards this debt. And wow. we, taxes with the interest rates. No, I said, there's a strategic way where we can do that. So she's very close to getting that debt down to 20,000 now. And wow. Half. That's half. incredible. Yeah. And she's cutting herself a, a $20,000 paycheck every month. And guess who's going to Disney? She is. Family. She I booked her trip. So that's amazing. I, you know, and a lot of it with, with her specifically was the idea that she couldn't take the pay because all she could see is where the needs of the company, her team had to get paid first. That was most important. And, you know, we looked at some of the, she had three VAs on her team. They're all doing the same exact thing. Mm. I was like, you know, let's, let's condense this. Let's look at this. And, you know, it's your choice. You know, you, if you want to like give them a different duty or you don't have to cut them, but if you want to cut them because you don't really need their services, that's part about being, you know, an entrepreneur is letting your staff go, letting your teammates go or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was really difficult for her because there's that sense of, I don't want to be abandoned. I don't want to be left alone. And, you know, they won't like me like, you know, mm -hmm. I, you know, and, and who's going to do this responsibility if they leave. So all of that is the mindset behind it. And when we can dig to the root cause, so I'm a certified aromatherapy practitioner, so I use the power of breath and thoughts and feelings with scent mm. to wire our subconscious with our money story. Wow. So by identifying the money story, then we could look and say, mm, do I really believe that? Let's let's really look at this. And then we can make different different decisions because we have a different perspective about what we truly believe versus what we were taught growing up. Yeah. And I think that's like the biggest thing that I see a lot of entrepreneurs and, you know, also including myself. Like I had this story in my head that, 
you know, money needed to be earned this way and that, you know, I wasn't profit first at all, you know? And so I, I see a lot of other entrepreneurs that are struggling to find a way to make this happen. And I think a lot of, and I think there's also this like caveat, but also a necessity, like you do have to invest in yourself and sometimes even get into a little bit of debt in order to get yourself out of it. And so I would love to hear what is like your perspective of debt, especially like as a starting entrepreneur or even someone that's like maybe a couple years in and knowing like, you know, with your client Anne who was investing in all these different things. And I know a lot of us and myself included sometimes like I'm just like, I would take the profit from a client and put it into something else. Mm -hmm. And it's like, where is that? Where is that happy medium? But also like, is like, what, what should we think about debt? Because I think a lot of people also think you have to have zero debt in order to start the business. And I don't, I don't believe that. So I'd love to hear your perspective as an expert. Yeah. You know, debt's got a bad rap. <laughs> there is good debt. We can leverage our debt. Good but, debt. Okay. You know, the, the leveraging our debt is really important. Like if you can borrow someone else's money to make more money, that's mm -hmm. always a good choice. Keeping interest rates really low is super important. I mean, I literally, um, in my 40s, I had a midlife crisis and racked up another 100K of debt on 0% credit cards. Uh, my wow. husband said I was having an emotional breakdown. <laughs> and I had the money. I just liked the, I really liked using 0% credit cards. And, mm. you know, it, it got to the point where it was a game and it got out of control and I had mm. to go into my savings to pay it off. And I didn't like that. I did not yeah. like that. And I like to say debt is borrowing from our future self. We truly Ooh. have the money, but we can't wait for the thing that we want now. So we invest in it. And it is mm. an investment because it takes our time and our energy. And then that money that we have now, we're borrowing from our future self because our future self is saying, okay, you can do this now. And if you implement this system or this strategy, or you do this thing, it's going to help you grow. But then we don't do the thing. So a lot of entrepreneurs invest in coaches because they their business isn't, you know, isn't earning the money they want. So they're like, oh, I need a sales coach. I need a marketing coach. I need this coach. That coach isn't helping me. When in reality, it's just look in the mirror. It's you. Mm. It's preventing you from becoming successful because your self-confidence, your self-worth. And then you look at your finances and you're like, I don't have enough money. You don't understand. I don't, I really, literally, I am maxed out on my credit cards and I have all debt. I can't even get a business loan. So no, therefore I can't invest anymore. But those mm. same people will go and invest in like a $97 program. And I, I like to call it the shiny object syndrome. Mm. Look at your debt. I have a, I love debt worksheet that I use with my clients and we pull out what did we do with our debt? So for when I had a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, I bought cars, went on vacation, remodeled my home. Wow. I did great things. Yeah. I used 0% interest. I leveraged it, but then I didn't want to pay it back. Well, what was that all about? Yeah. You, you have to pay it back. You can't just, and there's some people who believe you don't ever have to pay back debt. And I'm like, no, you borrow <laughs> the money in good faith, but debt is also everything. Like no one thinks of their monthly bills as debt, but that's money you owe. That's debt. So you mm -hmm. have to pay it if you want your electric to be on. So right. you get to pay those things. You get to have electricity and running water and food in your refrigerator. Those are wonderful things to invest your money in that we call debt. 
Mm. So most people see debt as like, you know, borrowing money. I don't understand why virtual um, companies have to borrow money to start their business. I don't, I don't get that part. Because mm. a startup for a virtual business is really small. I mean, like if you're gun ho and you're you know like spending ten, twenty thousand dollars on a coach when you're first starting out, um, maybe you should kind of rethink what you're doing and only hire that one coach. Don't hire two or three other coaches. Yeah, uh, I think re- keep going. But really knowing, like like I said earlier, your 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 dollars have a purpose. If you don't, if your purchase doesn't make sense, it's never going to make dollars. So really knowing, like, why am I investing in this? And everything you do, whether you use credit or you use your cash from your savings account, you're that's an investment. It's You're never going into debt to do that. It's an investment that you chose at that time in your life and said, this is a good thing for me. But then you didn't follow through. There's something that kept you from doing what it is to help you increase that ROI from that specific investment. I love that. I think that there's such so many reframes in there and new perspectives to shift into debt. And I think, you know, for me, when I first started my business, I got into debt at first because, and I had to invest in a coach because I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. You know? <laughs> and so I think that, I think it's twofold. I think it's like the one part of like being educated and saying, okay, hey, like I actually need to learn how to do the thing that I want to do. Like whether that's becoming a coach or be starting my own interior design business, whatever that is, like you need the skill set. So I totally value people that see that for what that is and need to get the skill to do the thing. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other part of like the scarcity of like, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. I need all these certifi- certifications. Like, you know, I see a lot of, um, I, I see a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs getting all these certifications. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they still don't have the business. And it's like, well, what are you doing? What it like? What was that for? Because you thought that truly was actually going to give you the confidence when really you should have just hired somebody to help you build the thing. So I think it's like having the awareness and like acuity to know what it is that I actually need, not what I think I need or my ego needs. And so what is your perspective on, um, you know, you, you kind of shifted a lot for us sharing about debt and like reframing it. So what to you is like healthy debt? Like, how do you know when it is time to invest with the money that you have? Yeah, I always go with my intuition. So (laughs) I love human design. I have my clients, you know, do a human design. I'm a projector. Yeah, so I'm a generator 5-1. And, um, you know, I go with my gut when I'm investing. But really knowing like what it is you need. Like most people will start a business with no business plan. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have a business plan? You have to have some kind of a strategy. You have to, you know, know the result that you want in your business and then reverse engineer it. And if you're not starting from that, you you shouldn't be starting at all. Mm. So good debt is like, you know, I've invested uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in coaches and I started online in August of 20. And um, in 2023, I decided that this was my year to just really do a lot of self-development and get deeper into the, you know, into the wounds that I have that we all have from Mm -hmm. childhood and all of that. So I can be the best person I could possibly be and really have those true connections. And when I made, you know, a $50,000 investment in my mastermind program, it was scary as fuck. I was like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? Like Mm -hmm. what? 
but the coach and the and the the container of the the, the elective of people in there it's so powerful and the energy is so powerful yeah. and you really get to see you know you you mirror your you see others mirroring like what you're feeling and you think mm. especially as entrepreneurs we're like we think we're alone and that nobody's going through you know there's so many coaches out there that have zero months and they create these zero months and that's that's what they focus on and they start trashing money and they start you know ignoring money and they're like instead of asking themselves how can i do this better they're just it's this constant beat up and critical part of them that comes out you know there's seven money archetypes that i have on idatemoney.com and we all have you know some of them we all have a little bit of all of them but there's always one driving force and, you know, Gary, the gambler is one and we all take risk every single day, especially as entrepreneurs. And when you look at debt, if you can have healthy debt, like I carry a mortgage, I moved into my dream home at the beach 14 months ago, I could have paid for it in full, but I'm mm -hmm. used other people's money. It's a low interest rate versus what my investments are doing. Let's use the mortgage company's money so I can increase my investments. It's beautiful. Mm, yeah. And when you have that ratio, you know, th they say in the United States, it's like a 30% ratio. So whatever your income is, your debt should never exceed 30% of that, mm. you know, and always having those, those, you know, that in mind when you're using debt and also like, why are you using debt? Like I have a monthly membership group called Crush on Debt where I help ladies specifically pay down their debt using the snowball effect, which was coined by Dave Ramsey. And it's the most powerful method, but they keep bringing, they keep racking the credit cards back up. It's like, no, <laughs> the credit cards up, like, stop it. We have an ice yeah. cube challenge and they, they have to cut up their credit cards. And it's not because they're never going to use them again. It's just the idea of breaking the chains of why do I using credit? You know, it's like one of the things in my money multiplier system is 10% fun money. We, we put aside 10% just to have fun with, right? They can't do that. They have to work it up. They have to start at 1% and work themselves up to 10%. But mm. they put a credit card at 29% interest and go to dinner with their friends. You know, a friend comes in out of town and they're going to go to dinner and they're going to buy everybody drinks and whatever. And they're going to get dessert and all the things. Why didn't you just use your fun money for that? Well, I don't know. It will, uh, you know, and they don't, it's the story that they tell themselves, you know, and it's like that instant gratification. So really understanding that about yourself and like, yeah, debt is good. It can really help you maximize your investments. And, you know, obviously it builds good credit. One of my clients had, um, had come to me and she had over $70,000 worth of debt and her credit score was in the low 500s. And mm -hmm. she said, she goes, I said to her, and I'll never forget her face on the call. I go, we'll get your credit score up by a hundred points. And, you know, we'll get these, you know, she had like, no, I think it was 10 credit cards. We'll get the top three paid off in the next 30 days. She's Whoa. like, no, that's not going to happen. I said, okay. I go, do you trust me? She's like, absolutely. That's why we're here. I said, okay, you do, you implement the steps. I will go on your money dates with you and you'll see. She has the best testimony. Wow. <laughs> I actually have it on my YouTube channel. I think it might be on my podcast. We recorded her testimony. It is absolutely amazing. Not only did she pay off the first three credit card debt, she paid off all but two in a wow. 90 day span. And her credit score went from like, like I, low, high 500s to 750. In 90 days. In 90 days. And she was aiming for 800. She's like, I can't wait to get to 800. But the best part about that was she was moving across her state and she had leased um, a townhome. 
And when she moved in, it had been less than a year. She had to have first month, last month's and current month's rent to move in. When she moved into her new place, they saw her credit score. They're like, oh, we just need first month's rent. Sign the lease. And that was like a huge relief for her. I mean, it gives me chills just when she shared the story um, in our group. I was just like, I just got chills. That is so beautiful. And um, she ended up saving money by moving back um, to her her place a year later, which she was like thrilled for. So, I mean, like her money, like literally multiplied in 90 days. Wow. Just by working through some of her money stories and, and implementing this, the money multiplier strategy. Yeah. And so, Lisa, what do you feel? We keep coming back to these money stories. What do you what do you feel like are like the most maybe one to two most common ones people tell themselves and that's why they are afraid to invest or they overspend? The the most common too, I would say is they think that they can do it on their own and they haven't yet. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> Let's God, just yeah. keep failing. Um, and everyone, I mean, when I was working at social security administration, I worked with everyone from all class, all groups, right. You know, poorest of the poor to the wealthiest of the wealthiest, they all had the same thought, mm. worry and concern, kept them up at night. Will there be enough? Mm. And everyone's always afraid that there's never going to be enough money, but money is energy and money truly does go where money is because when you're a good steward, money's like, oh, let's come hang out with you. Mm-hmm. You know, my clients get checks and unexpected checks in the mail. My my one client, she was kind of MII, MI, missing in action, MIA, right? For yep. a couple months, she had a really bad um, illness. Her health just went down. She, you know, had this kidney issue and she hadn't been able to date money. And we got on a call yesterday and she's like, oh my gosh, because I felt so guilty. I wasn't able to, I was too sick to work with my money. And I says, well, let's take a look what's going on. And she's like, well, first of all, I have to tell you, did you feel the money energy coming your way last Thursday? I'm like, no, what, why, what happened? She was, I was literally fretting because um, being out on disability, she hadn't gotten her, you know, her paycheck and her rent was due. And she opened up her mailbox and there was a check in the mail. And she's like, thank you. So she started doing a happy dance with her arms in the air. And I just laughed. And uh, she's, yeah, she goes, I said, well, you had your emergency fund. Did you use that to cover your expenses? She goes, no, I was too afraid to. She goes, I was afraid that there wasn't going to be enough to replace it. And I wasn't sure when these checks were going to start coming in or when I was going to go back to work. So this check was just, it came at perfect timing. The universe was taking care of me. And Mm. I said, okay. I said, that's fantastic. I go, so you mean to tell me you've been out of work for three months, you didn't touch your savings account and you still met all of your needs and your wants and you got money coming in the mail. She's like, yeah, she's your, your sister is amazing. She's you're like the best. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so so beautiful. And I think it's, Yeah. I think it's so important to really take a look at like what we are telling ourselves every day or every, you know, week or whenever rent is coming around, like what is the story that we have with our money? Because I do think it's also this essence, especially when we're investing in ourselves, it's like this essence of like, it's not that you don't have enough money. It's like, do I feel worthy of this investment? Is it going to work for me? What are the, like you said, look at yourself in the mirror and say, you're the reason why you're here. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's like, I do think that there are amazing people out there. Like I've had, I've had not so great investments, which I don't want to say that I regret because truthfully they've got me to where I'm at, but I've had the not so great. And I've also had the fucking exceeded my expectations people where I spent so much and I'm like, you're the reason why I'm going to continue investing because 
you gave me everything I needed to be to where I was. And I think that's where we can see our ROI. But it's like this fear I think sometimes we get into of like, I'm. it's not that I don't have the money. Am I worthy of this change and transformation of what I actually want to do? Because as a work, as like a life coach and helping people like emotionally like move through those limited beliefs and, and the nervous system stuff, it's truly like if this changes for me and flips the switch on my life, then what? And I think it's like a new identity we have to claim as well. And I think for a lot of people, that's why they don't want to move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you nailed it. Um, and so I would love, Lisa, to ask you a final question. What would be the top three tips to grow your income um, as someone who's just starting their business or maybe they're in their business um, for the first like year or two, maybe it's not full time yet. Like what are some like top three tips that we could take away from what you've experienced and what you do with people? Create a plan. <laughs> if you don't have a written plan that's you know congruent with your core values, it's not going to work. You know, and part of that plan, not only for your, your business, like is is creating a money system, implementing a, the money multiplier system is by far the best thing that you can do for your business. You know, if, if, when you can set aside based on percentages, right, because it doesn't matter how many dollars you're bringing in, it's what you're doing with that money truly. So by setting up money buckets, by doing everything by percentages, you're always covering your profit first. You're taking your owner's pay, your owner's compensation, you're paying yourself Plus you're covering your expenses. And if those aren't allocated, you know, when those are allocated, that's when you're going to see growth and tracking the numbers is so important, you know, in everything that you do, how many, you know, like when you look to see like, this is a projected income I want, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars. I hear this a lot. I want to make $10,000 a month. Great. Where's your written plan? How are you going to get there? And they have no idea. You know, client, I'll go on sales calls or discovery calls and people will say to me, you know, like, what's your profit margin? Uh, what's that? What do you mean? You don't mm. Why are you, why do you have a, your own business? So really knowing the numbers and paying attention to them, it's, it's in putting them in writing on paper, having them in your head is completely different than seeing them on paper. So really setting that up first. And my final tip is don't grow too fast. I know everybody wants to have an assistant, they want to have a team, but, you know, investing in those things when it's too soon is only going to make you hustle and grind. And then you're going to, you're going to take that from yourself. So you're going to jip yourself, give yourself the leftovers because you're thinking, oh, this is going to save me time and money. And I know a lot of business coaches will say, get a, get a VA as soon as you can. And I know there are VAs that are very inexpensive, but if you don't know your operating expenses, you don't know what the back end financials look like, you don't want to hire anybody, get that out there. So, mm -hmm. and work with a wealth activator like me, that's when you're really going to 10 X your income and your profit, because you know, with my simple system in place, it's all done through money buckets. We use bank accounts that actually all you do is open up an app on your phone and you're like, oh, that's how much money I have for owner's comp. This is my profit. This is my taxes. This is how much I can pay to hire a VA. And then knowing what do you want your VA to do specifically for you? A skill set that you don't have is what you want your VA, your executive assistant, your teammates to do that for you because you want to be able to shine in your zone of genius and let them do what you isn't bringing you joy. Mm, wow. So many nuggets there to really come to terms with, I think, and like the truth and the honesty and also like 
show up for yourself and know exactly and have a plan. Yeah. Just have like some sort of plan and finding somebody to help you create that plan if you're just starting out too. And I think also, even if you're, you, even if you're doing this as a side hustle now or part-time and you want to go full-time, I think these tips are absolutely like gold in order to grow your income and then become full-time as whatever you're doing as uh, as an entrepreneur. So Lisa, thank you so much for this incredible conversation. Uh, before I let you go, could you tell us how we can get involved with you? Um, do you have anything coming up that we can, you know, can connect with you with? Like what are, where do you hang out mostly on, on the web? Well, I love podcasting. So I datemoney.com. Uh, you can go there. I encourage you to go be a, contestant on the money dating game. You're going to meet mm. the seven money archetypes. There's a beautiful uh, wealth activation meditation that you can begin with. And then go see who you want to partner with in money. Will it be Ian, the investor, money, the uh, maverick, the money maker, or maybe you're more like Harry the hoarder. So find out that that's a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm constantly doing podcast interviews. So if you're somebody who wants to share your money story, you can definitely come on I Date Money and share your money story. But that's where I hang out most of the time. I do have a Facebook group, uh, Wealthy Money Magnets, Wealthy Women, Sovereign Souls, where I share, um, go deeper into sharing tips for six to seven figure coaches on how to 10x their profits in very simple ways. Hmm. I love that. Everyone go connect with Lisa, go to her website, idatemoney.com. All this will be linked in the show notes. And thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Flip the Switch on Life. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you appreciate the show, please jump over to iTunes, give us some stars. If you're feeling for it, write a review. And if you want to learn more about these topics that we discussed today, check out the show notes for more information. Or you can also come hang out, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Instagram is Jessica Marie Step, And I will see you guys next week.